Today on First Round KO, Kobe doesn't want LeBron in LA. We'll knock that out. The NBA offseason, off where players may or may not go, and where they may get signed, where they get traded, we'll knock that out. The Brewers and Cubs battling out for the NL Central in Milwaukee, we'll knock that out. Uh, more NFL players holding out uh, for some reason, we'll knock that out. And Lonzo Ball dropped a diss track on his own teammate. We'll talk about that too. So get ready to... Welcome to the most must-hear WSUW talk show in history. Welcome to First Round KO. I am your host, Kyle Olson, and now let's knock out some topics. For we begin in Milwaukee with the Brewers and Cubs battling out for the lead of the NL Central. Um, yeah, so head-to-head, usually the Brewers, for some reason in the past couple of years, disregard this year, let's look back at the, the last two, three seasons, the Brewers have had the, the edge on the Cubs. We usually, even even with our, you know, worst teams in years past, we usually somehow find out the Cubs. We usually have their number. But this year, we have one of our better teams probably since 2008, and now we're struggling <laughs> against this team who hasn't gotten any, any better since their World Series win. They actually lost some players, and... And we're two and seven, including last night. We're two and seven against them. Only two and seven this season. It was it, one and seven before that. Is not good. We've gotten shut out by them, I believe, four times this season. Out of those nine games, we've got shut out four times by them because their their starting pitchers are just really good. Besides the fact that the Cubs starting pitchers lead the National League in walks, I. I looked at that and I, I, I just I was thinking there has to be some reason that the Cubs aren't doing as well as they should be with the talent that they have on their roster, and it's because as good as their starting pitchers are, as at not getting hits and not allowing runs, I believe they're fourth in ERA and top five in hits allowed. Um, they lead the NL in walks, so what that means is the the reason that they are so good, but then they they aren't winning as many games as they should be is because they're getting behind in counts. The Cubs pitchers are getting behind in counts. They're going down 2-0, 3-0, 3-1, and those are hitters' counts. The hitters are now looking for fastballs in the zone, and they're able to get a good swing on the ball. They're able to get better hits. But and but for some reason, the Brewers could not figure that out. The Brewers, before this Cubs series, um, before or, yeah, before these last two games, the Brewers were batting <laughs> in the three series that they played, 37 for 243, with just nine runs scored in seven games. That's terrible. 37 hits. They had 400 or 243 at bats, and they only had 37 hits. That's bad. And. Like I said, they have the least amount of hits in the in the league, the Cubs pitchers, starting pitchers, and the third lowest ERA. 
But last night, as I, <laughs> I, I think I tweeted it out before, while it was happening, the Cubs or the Brewers started to figure it out. They, I don't know, they finally realized it. Hopefully, they carry it on to tonight. But they got patient in the batter's box against the starting pitcher. Last night it was Chatwood. They, they didn't. They weren't attacking early in the count. They would make the pitcher pitch to them so that they would get ahead in the count. Travis Shaw was a perfect example of this. He he had all four RBIs last night. The Brewers won 4-0, and he had all four RBIs because, and I said this yesterday, I was talking about the three people who have been consistent for the Brewers. Lorenzo Cain, Christian Yelich, Travis Shaw. Last night is a perfect example because Cain had two of the runs, Yelich had one of the runs, scored that, or batted in by Travis Shaw. Those three players... Basically, we, they got the win for us last night because they got on base like they do. Kane drew, drew a couple walks. Yelich got a couple hits. And then Travis Shaw comes up. He's patient in the batter's box. He gets into a 3-1 count and I think a 2-0 count the first time. And he he gets doubles and he scores runs. They And hopefully they're able to continue doing that against the Cubs this season. They're going to need to. It, it's not enough to be good against the rest of the field and then not be good against the Cubs. You can't have a losing record against your division rival who you're battling for the NL Central. You have to you have to be able to beat them head-to-head. You have to be able to take them on. So I think the Brewers figured it out. Hopefully they're able to continue it. I don't know who's pitching tonight for the Cubs, but it it's going to be the same. They're going to have to be patient in the batter's box. They can't jump ahead. They, they you know, Now they have this confidence after last night. Shutting, they shut them out. Two hits, I think, the Brewers pitchers led or let off, which is great. But now they have this confidence. So now hopefully they, they step back from that confidence a little and stick to their patience. Because, excuse me, if they stay patient in the batter's box and they get into these good hitters counts, they're going to get – the starters out early for the Cubs and they're going to get to that bullpen and the bullpen is not nearly as good as the Chicago starting rotation. That bullpen is very weak and it's very easy to attack it. It's the starting pitchers that are the problem. So if they stay patient and they're able to get into good counts, get good hits, get runners on base and get hits in key moments, the Brewers are going to be fine against the Cubs. Um, this is, I think, their fourth series of the season already. And like I said, we're 2-7 and seven against them. We're struggling. But as of right now, we still have a half a game lead in the Central. And it's, it's looking pretty decent. It, we, we need to get some players in the All-Star team so that you know, we actually have players in the All-Star game so we're not having the, the big rust that that happens every year in the all-star break for the brewers after the all-star break we always fall off we need to get some people in there and i think a lot of a lot of our players have the numbers to get in there i don't know i saw the starters last night no brewers were leading any of the positions um freddie freeman and nolan arenado right now are leading the voting at first and third but no one in the outfield for the brewers kenny yellich aren't there I don't know where Shaw is in that, but we need to get, you know, at least we need to get Josh Hader in there for sure. We need to get one of those three, Kane, Shaw, or Yelich. We need to get them in there. We need to get people in the All-Star break so that they can carry the momentum into that break and so that they can bring that momentum back to the Brewers, back to Milwaukee after the break so that we can 
keep rolling so that we can keep attacking the NL, attacking the NL Central, and hope and get a playoff win. We don't we can't rely on the on the wild card because obviously that didn't work last year. We missed it by like a game or two. We can't do it. We need to we need to actually attack. We need to get into the we need to get the NL Central title, and that starts and ends with a series against these Cubs. All all the series. Mostly early on in the season, because if we can if we can beat them now, and I think we have another series in a couple weeks in Chicago, if we can attack them and win those series, and we start building that lead back up, and even our head-to-head matchups, we need to even out that series a little more. If we build the NL Central lead back up, then we have a comfortable lead after the All-Star break. And I know last year I think we were up five or six games, something crazy like that, after the All-Star break, and we lost it pretty quickly. But this year, we get some players in the All-Star break. We go in with a lead. We come out, and we continue attacking these Cubs. We keep being patient and then attacking in hitters counts. I think we'll be all right. I, I think the Brewers are in a really good spot this year. We definitely have the talent. We can go get to I, Jimmy Nelson. He's got. He's coming back. We have Travis – or not Travis Shaw. We have Eric Dames back now. He played yesterday. Played pretty decently. I think he's running faster without that beard. <laughs> um yeah, he's playing better, and I, I saw Jimmy Nelson in the dugout. I'm not exactly sure what his status is. I thought he's still hurt. I thought he was pitching in double-A. I'm not sure. But I saw him in uniform in the dugout last night. That has to be a good sign. That has to be good. Once he comes back, he's going to be our ace. He's going to be he's gonna bring a new life to this starting rotation. And if we have even a decent starting rotation, and then we have this bullpen who's the best in baseball, it's going to be lights out for the rest of the season. This offense is going to be able to stay woke. The If the starters can get rolling and this bullpen can stay hot, Brewers are in a great spot. We just have to we just have to take care of the Cubs. Like I said, we can't we can't just afford to beat the rest of the field. Like, you know, we can't just beat the Pirates and the Cardinals and the Reds. We have to beat the Cubs. We can't just we can't rely on the Cubs losing to everyone else and us beating everyone. We need to beat the Cubs. We need to show them that we are the best team in this Central. And I think they are. I, I really do. This team has the talent, and I think, they can, I think they can beat the Cubs. I think now they have a winning formula. And if our starting pitchers can stay out there for at least four or five innings with only one, one or two runs, we're in a great spot. Great spot. So hopefully... If the if the Brewers stay patient as batters against the Cubs, we'll be good. So now let's move on to the NBA. So <laughs> Kobe Bryant, if any if none of you have heard about this, Kobe Bryant has become very active on social media recently with because uh, this whole LeBron thing, everyone is saying that he's a perfect fit for LA, which I agree with. If you heard me yesterday, I think LA is one of his top. I think LA is one of his top spots. I have again. I'm going to recap it in a little bit here, but I think the Lakers are probably the best fit, assuming that he can get someone to come with him. I'm assuming he can get a Paul George, a Kawhi Leonard to come with him to LA. But if he can do that, they have enough young talent with Lonzo and Kyle Kuzma to I, to very much compete in the West. But <laughs> apparently, Kobe Bryant is not a fan of this. Kobe Bryant does not want. Well, it seems he doesn't want LeBron in L.A. Kobe said, quote, If I'm Bron, you got to figure out a way to win. 
It's not about narrative. You got to win championships. You just got to figure it out. End quote. Kobe is referring to LeBron's 3-6 and six record. He thinks that LeBron's legacy is dependent on championships, which, of course, Kobe does. Co- co- because Kobe's in the GOAT race, and for people who think that rings are the end-all, be-all, apparently Kobe is one of those people. For those people, the GOAT race is, I mean, honestly, they should have Bill Russell up number one with 11 rings, but they, they go Jordan-Kobe. Because Jordan has six rings, Kobe has five, and they're and Kobe had a lot of competition in the in that West though when he played. And first of all, Kobe wasn't the best team or the best player on his team for a lot of those championships. Yes, he won MVP, but he you got to remember a couple of those championships he had Shaquille O'Neal on his team. He wasn't even the best player. And now he and now I think Kobe Bryant is scared i think he should be scared and he should not want lebron to go to la because think about this right now kobe kobe's legacy is la (laughs) kobe's legacy is that he's in la he's not and he's not even there anymore he's only got the five championships he's not he's not necessarily considered the best the best laker because Magic Johnson was a Laker, and Magic Johnson is one of the best. I think he's definitely the best. And so Kobe Kobe now, he's relying on the fact that he was a Laker, and now the Lakers aren't good without him. So there's still a lot of 24 jerseys running around L.A. But if LeBron ends up in L.A., those 24s are going to drop a number real quick. Those 24 jerseys are going to turn into 23s. Because even the most loyal Kobe fan, if they're a Laker fan in any sense of the word, and LeBron starts winning in LA immediately, they're gonna for, they're gonna forget that twenty four real quick. They're, those those jerseys are gonna be twenty three. They're gonna say James on the back, and Bryant will be forgotten, not forgotten, but he will he will be a second thought in LA, and. And fans, fans will be split. Fans, there's no doubt that fans, they're split right now. There's, there's diehard Kobe fans and there's diehard LeBron fans. But can you imagine if they're playing, or if LeBron goes to Kobe's old team, then they're gonna be split even more. There's, there's going, there's still probably going to be 24 and 23 jerseys split down the middle. But I think eventually, especially if LeBron, if LeBron brings a ring or two to LA, that's. <laughs> it's going to fade out real quick. Those 24 jerseys, they're going to leave. I, I think those 23 jerseys are going to take over. And so Kobe, yeah, Kobe should definitely be scared. He he should not want LeBron in L.A. He really shouldn't. Because it it's going to make people, if LeBron can go to three different teams, think about this. LeBron... He left Cleveland because he wasn't getting good players, which is very understandable. A lot of people give him crap for going to Miami, but everyone was talking about how he wasn't winning championships. So he went to go win championships. Good. He did what was best for him. He went to Miami, and he won two rings. And then he went back to Cleveland, and he won a championship. He's now been on two teams, and he's won a championship on both teams. If he goes to a third team, especially a team like the Lakers with that legacy, if he goes to a third team and wins a championship 
on all three teams he's ever been on. That's going to elevate his status even more. It's going to surely, I think LeBron and uh, MJ are neck and neck right now, and it's very hard to, I, I can't say who's better. I don't think anyone can say who's better. It's very, it's very subjective. It's very opinionated at this point. I think they're two of the best players to ever play the game, and it's hard to say who's better. And we'll never know. We never will know. But it, I think as far as the Kobe-LeBron debate goes, if LeBron can win, I think if he goes to L.A. and he stays there for at least three or four seasons, that, that Warriors dynasty is going to fall. The contracts, the math is there. The contracts are going to catch up to them. And they're going to lose some players. The dynasty is going to fall. If LeBron stays in L.A. for four years and they keep a core young team there, you can bet if LeBron ends up with five rings and he wins two of them in L.A., you can bet that LeBron will be considered better better than Kobe, 100%. And there will still be the Kobe fans, the diehards that will argue that, and they'll still bring up the finals record. But you know what? If he has five rings and the three teams he's ever been on have won championships, that's that's just amazing. That's unprecedented. The, the dude's just incredible. And if he, if he can do that, I... I don't know what else you could throw at me other than the finals record, and that's beating a dead horse at this point. I, yeah, this Kobe thing. If I'm Braun, you you got to figure out a way to win. He's he's scared. He really is. You could just tell in the quote he because everyone is saying how this finals record isn't you know especially this year. There's no way he could have won. That's not that's not on him. He did try to find a way. He did find a way to win in game one, and they still lost. <laughs> he he carried that team through game one, and and he still lost. So Kobe, he's scared. At this point, he's still trying to – he wants his diehards to keep arguing for him to be better than LeBron and blah, blah, blah. He, he, he wants the championships to play a role in the GOAT conversation. And I they should to a point but they shouldn't be the end-all be-all because then if we're, if we're going to do that, then Bill Russell is the GOAT because he has 11 rings. <laughs> but that's, that's a whole other story. Look, Kobe, <laughs> it's not about narrative. You want to win championship. It's completely about narrative, Kobe. This dude, LeBron had to play. He was, it was him and Kevin Love. Kevin Love's not even – he hasn't been good on the Cavaliers. He really hasn't. He's been okay. And now it's LeBron and these scrubs playing against three future Hall of Famers and Draymond Green, who is a fantastic player in his own. He might he might even make it one day. Who knows? They're four fantastic players and a a really good start uh, supporting cast in in Golden State. It's a it's completely about narrative. You have the seventy three and nineteen plus Kevin Durant. You have three people who can shoot lights out and play defense against LeBron. Like he can't play one on five. He has to he he's on a team, he has to play with that team, he has to try to trust his teammates, but his teammates made it, made it very hard this year. So yes, it's about narrative, Kobe. <laughs> I you can't say that it's not because I mean, yes, you can look back. He lost against the Spurs. Yeah, absolutely, he did. 
and then he lost to the Mavericks. And yeah, he didn't show up. We can talk about that one. That's fine. And then he lost to the Spurs again after his two championship rings. That one, we kind of we kind of figured he was out if you know if they lost. And for some reason, he looked like he wanted to go back to Cleveland. He he looked like he was done. It was you know you know what it was in Miami. He was it was his fourth year, and Miami was his college years because LeBron skipped college. Miami was his college years, and that was his fourth year. That was his he was in his uh, senioritis stage. He he was very much done with his finals. He didn't. He didn't try very hard. He just wanted to go back home. He wanted to go home to Cleveland, and he did. And then lost to Golden State because he lost Kevin Love and Kyrie Irving early in the playoffs. And then he beat Golden State after being down three-one, which is still the most incredible feat in NBA Finals history. Everyone keeps forgetting that. And then that team that was up three-one on him that he that he beat gained another MVP in Kevin Durant. And then there's no chance after that. Like LeBron doesn't have a chance unless he goes and gets someone, which he needs to. He needs to go partner up with someone this off season. And that's that's a good segue into my next point. This NBA off season is going to be crazy. And the first thing is LeBron needs to team up with someone. And his, like I said yesterday, we'll recap real quick. LeBron's best options, in my opinion, it more these are realistic. What could happen? And the best options, you know, I, I weighed them out. I think the Lakers are the best option because I think if he decides to go to L.A., he, LeBron is that type of player that you want to go play with, you want to go win with, and he he would be able to recruit someone to come with. He, he would convince Popovich to trade Kawhi. He would convince the Thunder to trade, or I think PG can opt out. Not, he can convince PG to leave. He can f- convince... I, Kyrie to leave I, he'll he'll convince someone to come play with him in LA I think that's the best option even though they'd have to play Golden State and Houston I I think that'll be okay I think they'd build a good enough team to compete with them um, and then Philadelphia I think Philadelphia's they they are good without LeBron and you add in LeBron you add a veteran player like that with that IQ that's going to help that team immensely in those tough times like in these playoffs they should have beat the Celtics and if they have someone like LeBron, they're going to beat the Celtics. Um, and then you have Houston. They may not have the money for it, but if they can, if everyone can figure out, you know, if if LeBron talks to CP and like, hey, don't take them. We both won't take the max. We'll both take pay cuts so that we can play together. Okay, cool. Let's go play in Houston. Let's go take out Golden State. That's the best team. That's obviously the best scenario, but the money's limited, so I don't think that's going to happen. The Spurs are a good fit just because. Michael Jordan played with the best coach of, of his generation at the time. So if LeBron can go play one of with one of the best coaches, I think Brett Stevens is getting up there. But if he can go play with Popovich in San Antonio, it's going to be it that's just it's just a recipe for championships, honestly. If, and then if Kawhi stays there, forget about it. Kawhi and LeBron on the same team, two of the best, the two best two-way players in the game. It's easy. Um, the Celtics are actually a decent option for LeBron. I don't think they would do it. Um, but I'm, if you look at it, honestly, like I said, playing with one of the best coaches of his generation, that's going to help immensely. And the roster, obviously, is is good. And if you add, Le- add LeBron to that team, that's championship. I think, they can, I think the Celtics can go compete with the Warriors now. You know, especially with Gordon Hayward coming back this next season, I would this season I would have said sweep. 
next season they'll have more experience. Jason Tatum's going to be a lot better, and they'll have Gordon Hayward. Kyrie's iffy, apparently. Apparently he doesn't want to stay. That's a whole other story. But if they were to add LeBron, easily beat the Warriors. I I think, and but I don't think LeBron would do that. I don't think he would go to the Celtics. They've always been kind of his... They've always been his enemy team. Even, you know, in Cleveland, they formed their super team, so then he had to go form his super team to beat them, which is fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, next option is the Cavaliers, if he can recruit someone to come with. They, I think they're if, – if he's able to get one more star player and a couple – you know, and then convince this supporting cast to actually play NBA basketball, I think they could do it. And then, like I said yesterday, it's a long shot, but I think the Bucks are a really good fit. New stadium, new coach, young stars, or young young roster with a new with a star in the making. And Giannis, he could take over for LeBron. I think the Bucks are a good fit. I don't think he's going to look at Milwaukee, but that's whatever. So, this other thing about LeBron and Houston, it, it's looking less and less every day like he's going to Houston. Um. Because apparently one of the coaches, I think, of the Cavaliers or one of the executives or something um, overheard LeBron talking about Houston as a city. And he overheard LeBron talking about how he doesn't like Houston (laughs) as a city. He doesn't like – I don't know what it is about it. I don't think they went into any detail about it. He just doesn't like Houston (laughs) for some reason. So, yes, it makes the most basketball sense to go to that team. But LeBron has also said that, you know, a lot a big part of his decision is going to be uh his family's wants and needs too. He's he's very much a family dude. He loves his kids. And he's very much gonna take them into consideration. And maybe that's just a personal thing with him. Maybe that's not what his family thinks. Maybe his family would be okay in Houston. And then he'd probably say, Okay, you know, we still got you know, they'll probably keep something in Akron. He's always going to go back to Akron. And they'll and I he has a house in L.A., so it's not like they're always going to be there. But, you know, he, I think that could be. So with the whole money situation with CP3 and Clint Capella wanting money, they're both free agents. Houston's going to want to keep them. I don't think they have enough money for LeBron. And now it's kind of looking like LeBron doesn't even want to live in Houston, <laughs> which why would you – uproot your family from your hometown to a team to a city that you don't like when there's other options i i just think it's not looking good for the houston situation a lot of players seem to think everyone seems to think it's either he's absolutely 100% going there or he's 100% going to the lakers at this point i don't know it's it's very interesting it i'm i'm really interested to see where he goes i really am and for those of you that don't know, I started watching NBA. I don't remember what year it was, but it was the year that LeBron went to Miami. And I just kind of latched on to him. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm a LeBron fan. I will always be a Bucks fan, but I am a LeBron follower. I will, I will like whatever team he goes to. Um, so if he goes to Houston, I'll become a Rockets fan. <laughs> Call me bandwagoner. I don't care. I'm having fun. Um, so some other NBA offseason news. Apparently the Warriors aren't satisfied with their four NBA Hall of Famer roster. Apparently they're very open to looking towards getting other 
stars. And number one on their list, apparently, is Anthony Davis. Now, if you can imagine a starting lineup that goes Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant, and Anthony Davis, I don't think we even need to play the season. Everyone said that when Kevin Durant came. I seriously think the, the Warriors, this Warriors team, if they were to sign Anthony Davis or trade for him or whatever they need to do, I seriously think that they would have a chance of going undefeated. I really do. Because that's just unfair. You have an offensive team like that who's already great at defense, and you add in this big dude who can play even better defense, and he can play fantastic offense. He's, we've seen him score 50 points before. You add someone like that to a team that's already won two championships in a row easily, that's not fair. But <laughs> uh, as my journalism self, my journalism student that I am, I went in and looked into the situation. And Anthony Davis is making a lot of money. And after, I believe it's the 2020 season or the 2020 offseason maybe, he is able to opt out and become a free agent or he can stay for one more year. But either way, he's he's with the Pelicans for another couple seasons. And the he, if in order for them to get in, in order for the Warriors to get Anthony Davis, they would most likely have to give up Clay Thompson and Draymond Green or one of the two or both. Is one is basically what it comes down to and what the Warriors front office has said, um, especially this offseason, they've said it pretty recently. They said that as long as this team is winning championships, as long as these core players are winning, these four basically, um, they're not gonna they're not gonna split them up because they'd be dumb. Why would you? Why would you split up a team that just won a championship that uh, just won two championships? It wouldn't make any sense. Um, just to go get another player who may or may not work out. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't. Maybe it's a bad fit. We'd never know unless it happened. So, and even then, if they, you know, if they don't want him, or if they they want him, and they're going to look at him for the next couple seasons in the off seasons every year, they're going to keep looking for him. They, if you look at their contracts that they have on their team, the Warriors have Clay Thompson, who's going to be, he's he's going to want money. I think. I gotta remember now. I think it was next season. No, Draymond Green is next. Draymond Green's contract is up next season, and he thinks he he says he's gonna turn down the extension this this off season so that he can try to sign a max deal next year. Which, all right, Draymond, if you want a max deal, you're not staying in Golden State. I can tell you that right now. There's no way <laughs> that they're that they can pay Steph Curry, Draymond, or Steph Curry, Kevin Durant. And then they're going to have to pay Clay in in a couple se- in two years, and then they're going to give you a max contract. There's no way. They're, sorry, Draymond. You can get a lot of money from them. That's fine. Or you can go get a max deal somewhere else, which is what's going to happen. They're not going to pay you over their best. You're their fourth best player. They're not going to give you a max deal. Sorry, but that's what he's doing. Um, so if they do want to keep on to their core. They're going to have to sign him to a lot of money. And then, like I said, in two years, Clay Thompson is also a free agent. 
and they're going to have to give him money to keep him too. Also, Kevin Durant could opt out this season. He could be a free agent this offseason, which I think that would be very interesting to see LeBron and KD switch teams in the same offseason. That'd be kind of fun. But even if he opts in this season or if he resigns for another year, he's a free agent next year. They're going to have to pay him money to keep him if, if he wants to stay, if they want him to stay. It's not looking good for Anthony Davis to come to Golden State. He's, he will get a max contract wherever he goes because he's that good. He's a franchise player. He is a player that you can, you can slap onto most teams and put a decent core around. And he, he made the playoffs without DeMarcus Cousins in the Pel- with the Pelicans. And in the West, he made the playoffs. And he swept Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum in Portland. They swept them. And then they took a game. He did something LeBron couldn't do. He took a game against Golden State. Like I said, it's because of his defense. And apparently, I don't know, Warriors had an off night. I think they just, they they didn't turn it on yet. They knew that they were going to win that series. They they were coasting through. But look, at, he, Anthony Davis took a game from the Warriors. He's going to get a max contract. And the Warriors would never be able to they would never be able to afford that. So as much as the Warriors want to say that they're going after someone like Anthony Davis, sorry, unless unless he puts aside the money issues and he wants to come there for a discount, which I don't think is going to happen, um, unless some strange way that that happens, I, it's never going to happen. Anthony Davis will not be a Warrior. Sorry. Sorry, Warriors fans. You're not you're not getting a fifth Hall of Famer. Jeez. Um so the the, the last big story of the NBA offseason here is Paul George. Um I believe he can opt out of his contract in OKC. He's technically under for one more year, but he has a player option. Apparently or actually, you know what? No. He's straight up a free agent. It's not even a player out he's not under contract and he's straight up a free agent but apparently the the rumor going around the mill here is that paul george is very likely to stay in okc to stay on the thunder and i say that so confused because why 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 would you why why would you want to stay with russell i don't i don't get that why would you want to play with russell westbrook more we and he he says that, oh, they, you know, playing together, they built a lot of chemistry, blah, blah, blah. Russell Westbrook is not concerned about winning. He really isn't. He's concerned about his own stats. He is concerned about getting his triple doubles. He's a very selfish player. Oh, but if he's a selfish player, how is he getting triple doubles? He has to have assists. He's only passing so that he can get his assists. He's only passing to get his triple doubles. Late in the game, if he's only at six or five or six assists, he's not passing anymore. If he if he sees his stats and he goes, oh, oh well, I can't get my I can't get my triple double anymore. I, there's not enough time to get all these assists. I'm just going to take as many shots as I can so that my points are higher. <coughs> oh, sorry, excuse me. The the dude's selfish, and I over the past hot five six years now we've seen. The proof. This dude, he couldn't win with Kevin Durant. They were up on the Warriors 
three games to one in the Western Conference Finals, and they couldn't win. The And this dude, Russell Westbrook, is just, he's selfish. So the fact that Paul George would, instead of going to L.A., he's from California. I don't remember exactly what city it is, but he's from California. He's He told the Pacers, this is the reason why he got traded from Indiana. He told the Pacers that he wasn't going to resign. He told them, hey, I want to go play in L.A., so I'm not going to resign. So then they traded him. Great move on their part. They got Victor Oladipo. But, and now all of a sudden, he's going to throw away that to stay with a franchise who has invested their team in a selfish player who doesn't want to win. The Thunder have invested, have built their team around Russell Westbrook and Steven Adams. Russell Westbrook mainly. <coughs> Sorry. Um, so why would you want to? Why would you want to stay on a team who's not concerned about winning, really? And and Russell's not going anywhere. He's he's the star on that team. He is Oklahoma City at this point. He's not going anywhere. I think he signed a five year extension. Why would you? And if he and PG is going to get a max in OKC. So now you have Russell, a selfish Russell Westbrook, and Paul George getting max contracts. You're not going to have enough money to build a decent enough team to be able to help those two star players. Like, it doesn't make any sense. Paul George, if you stay in OKC, you're not going to do much because OKC is nowhere close to winning in the West. They're, they're just not. And especially with Russell Westbrook on the team. And there's just no way. So PG, obviously you're not going to hear this, but if I was PG, I wouldn't even consider staying in Oklahoma City. I wouldn't even consider it. I would look at all of my other options. And they're basically the same options as LeBron. He, he Number one is the Lakers. Philadelphia's looking for him. Houston's looking at him. The Celtics are even, and I think the Cavs are even looking for him to be the person that they bring in to play with. Jeez, Le- oh, excuse me, to play with LeBron. Like Paul George, I I don't understand why you would want to stay, but apparently, apparently that's the word going around Oklahoma City that they're pretty confident that they're going to resign him. I don't get it. I don't know why. It it really baffles me. And if it happens, I'm going to lose a little bit of respect for him. It's not as bad. It's definitely not as bad as Kevin Durant leaving Oklahoma City, but it's up there. It's because at least Kevin Durant wanted championships. Like, yes, he did it in a very snake way. I don't respect him for it, but at least he he wanted championships. And they were close. Like, Kevin Durant, that's the difference. Kevin Durant's Thunder team was close to beating the Warriors. They were a game away from beating the Warriors and going to the finals. But <laughs> he just decided to leave and go to the team that beat him, that came back 3-1 and beat him. That was the best team, that has the best record of any team in history. But Paul George is deciding to stay on a team who is not close. Doesn't make any sense to me. We move to the NFL. Sorry, I had to drink some water. So, NFL, apparently, 
these players have decided, these NFL players, which they frustrate me so much, these NFL players have decided, oh, you know what? I'm making millions of dollars playing football, which is a dream job, by the way. I'm making millions of dollars. But you know what? I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm one of the best in my positions. You know, Aaron Donald, I'm the best tackle. Le'Veon Bell, I'm one of the best. I'm one of the best running backs. Julio Jones, I'm the best receiver. Earl Thomas, I'm one of the best safeties. These players are looking at, you know what, I'm, I'm really good. And I, I don't think I'm getting paid enough millions of dollars. I want more millions. So now, these NFL players are not showing up to the jobs that are paying them millions of dollars. They're not showing up to their jobs because they want more millions. What? Just, oh, this frustrates me because, first of all, technically, yes, they are replaceable. Like, honestly, there's, there are hundreds and thousands of, of people who are staying in football shape, who are technically free agents, who would love to be making what Aaron Donald and Julio Jones are making in money. They, they would be happy to be making the minimum contract. They would be happy to just be on the team and be playing football. But now these players are getting so cocky and so full of themselves, and rightly so. Like These players, like I said, they are the best at their positions. So, But they're getting so cocky and so full of themselves that they are deciding not to show up because they're threatening their team not to play just so that their team gives them more money. And this still makes no sense to me. So this has always been my thought. As a pro athlete, here's what my thinking would be. If I'm making at least a couple million of millions of dollars a year, that's enough. That's going to that's gonna put a roof over my head. That's going to buy food for me and my family. And I can still save some and probably, you know, treat yourself a little bit. That's fine. Why would you want more money for yourself when your team could save that money and go get other good players, go build a better team around you? Aaron Donald, there's a lot of good players on the Rams. If you get more money right now, they're not going to be able to pay Jared Goff in a couple years. They're not going to be able to pay Todd Gurley in a couple years. They're not going to be able to keep Sammy Watkins or no. I don't remember if Sammy Watkins is still there or not. They're, they're not going to be able to pay their young players, Marcus Peters, now that they just traded for. They're not going to be able to pay these players if you're getting this max money. You're already making millions of dollars. Why? Like, I get, I get wanting more. But from a football standpoint, this doesn't look good because these players holding out means that you're more focused on what you're making as a player. This means that you're that you want more money for yourself and want your and you want yourself to be more well off instead of wanting your football team to be better, wanting your football team to win. And that's not a good look. That's not a good look at all. This these players holding out is it it shows me that they're selfish. It shows me that they're they're really not concerned with winning. May, you know, Aaron Donald right now, he's in a pretty good position. The Rams, I think, are one of the best teams in the league, talent-wise. Plus, they have a really good head coach. And so for Aaron Donald to sit here and say, you know what? I'm not making enough millions. 
I want more. It's selfish. It's completely selfish. And it shows that you're not, you're not in there to win. If, if more players, instead of taking max deals or wanting more money, wanting pay raises, extend, like I get getting more money. I get what's, I get wanting what you've earned. But at some point, you have to look at it and say, okay, if I play for 10, 12 years, making $5 million a year, $60 million, if you can't live on $60 million, then you're living too, hand, too high end then. There's, you need to, at some point, you need to step back and say, okay, I'm making enough money to survive and even and beyond survive I'm you know I'm able to treat myself a little and take care of my family now I need to I need to figure out you know I need to take less money and take uh, take one for the team basically so that the team can go and get more good, good players so that the team can go get solid players to play around you so you can go win football players they you need to, the pro athletes in general. This doesn't just apply to the NFL. The NFL is really the only place that there's a <clears throat> there's a site or a, an article on Bleacher Report about why NFL players hold out. There's apparently there's benefits to it and why only NFL players do it. Blah blah blah. But pro athletes in general. If I was a pro athlete, yes, you want to get your money, but at some point. You need to take one for the team. Literally, you need to you need to take less money, and you you should want to do that. You should want to win as a pro athlete. At pro athletes, you're going to get paid. You're going to get money. You're going to get enough money to live. But you need to uh, like it's about winning. It's a it's about winning championships. So why why hurt your team even more? By taking some of their salary cap away, it doesn't it doesn't make much sense to me. Like Aaron Rodgers, dude's already making a bunch of money, but he's concerned with himself being the highest paid quarterback. Like he's gonna he's trying to work his deal out and get only a couple year extension, so that next time someone gets more money than him, next time you know, I, I think it's Jared, you know, it's Jared, someone like Jared Goff, he's probably up. And he's probably in line for a big raise coming up. If he ends up getting or being the most paid, then Aaron's going to be like, okay, well, now I need another extension. Now I need to be the highest paid again. I'm the best quarterback, so I need to be the highest. That's not how it should work. This dude, These people, these NFL players, need to realize at some point that you're making enough money. You're making too much, to be honest, but it's because your your job brings in enough revenue to pay you that much, which I understand. So yes, you have earned that money, but at some point you need to realize that taking all that money and taking the money that you quote deserve is hurting your team. It's hurting your chances at winning. And winning's what it's all about, isn't it? You're supposed to you're supposed to want to win championships. But these players holding out and wanting to be the highest paid, it 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 tells me what what I get out of that is that they're selfish and they want what's best for them instead of what's best for the team. And, and that's not, those aren't players that I would want on my football team. I want players who are just happy to be there 
and who are hungry for a championship. All those Eagles players, you don't see many Eagles players looking for, you know, Nick Foles, he's probably going to be a backup again after winning a Super Bowl. He's he's all right. He's probably asking for a trade, but that's because he wants to play. He's not He's not looking for more money right now. He probably will, and he deserves it. But he's he wants to play. And all those Eagles players, they want to play, and they want to be able to keep that team together, and they want to win more championships because that's what it's about. It, Yeah, it just doesn't make any sense that these NFL players and all, all these pro athletes, Paul George, LeBron James, if I was LeBron James, you got enough money. You've had enough max contracts. Go go to <clears throat> go to LA for a half, even half of your what your max contract would be, or even less than that, because then you're still making enough money. You still probably have enough money to pay off your three houses or whatever you have, and then LA's able to build a big or enough team or enough a good enough team behind you to win championships and compete. It I don't know why like. These these NFL or these pro athletes nowadays are selfish, and they're looking out for themselves instead of winning championships. And quite honestly, it's hurting sports because these teams are paying so much money to these players, and a lot of them end up getting hurt or not, like Joe Flacco, not being as good as they thought they were, or you know just having one decent year so that he's eligible for a max, and then he gets the max and doesn't do a darn thing afterwards it's it's hurting sports because we're we're being denied the good the good teams that we could have speaking of teams that was a weird segue ignore that so my one my one last thing for today my my seg my final segment of the day my one last thing why is lonzo ball Dropping a diss track on his own teammate? Why? Wh- why? <laughs> that doesn't make any sense to me. If I have a teammate, especially if you're both rookies, and you're both pretty dang good, why? Why diss him? Why? Why fracture the? I. What I really hope this. I really hope this is a joke between them. And I hope Kuzma responds with his own diss track or something along those lines. Goes on a, a TV, a, does a movie to TV show. I don't know something, so that he can respond. Because I really hope this is a joke between the two. Because if it's not, and Lonzo legitimately put, I haven't listened to it yet. I haven't had a chance to. I don't know if I want to. I don't know if it's good or not. But why? Why is he dissing his own teammate? Like, why? Not? If you're gonna write a diss track, write it about someone in in your conference, someone else in the NBA, someone else on another team. Don't don't write it about your teammate when you're both rookies and your teammate was the one who made all NBA first rookie team and you didn't. And <laughs> NBA voted him better than you. <laughs> I I really think like okay, so if this isn't a joke, if this isn't just between the two, if this is a legit diss track that Lonzo, if he actually believes some of this stuff, I think Lonzo feels, or he knows that Kyle Kuzma, who I, I'm a huge fan of Kyle Kuzma, I think Lonzo knows that Kyle Kuzma has more potential 
as an NBA player, especially because he's better offensively, and that's where the league is going. Uh, a la the Warriors, that the team is or the NBA is an offensive league, no. And I think Alonzo knows that Kuzma has more potential, so I think maybe he feels threatened by Kuzma as the future of the Lakers. I really do because even if LeBron goes to the Lakers, if they're able to keep Lonzo and Kuzma, they'll probably be there past the LeBron years, and Kuzma has more potential. Lonzo is a is a good feet or court general, and he's a, he's got a high basketball IQ. He's good passing, and he's long. But his offensive game isn't near what Kyle Kuzma's is. Kyle Kuzma has a shot. He has He's able to create his own shots. So I think Alonzo kind of knows this, and he feels threatened. Or <laughs> my other theory <laughs> is that LeVar Ball, Alonzo's dad, feels threatened. <laughs> he thinks all of this. He thinks that Kuzma has more potential obviously he would never say that in a million he, I, I, there's no way lavar would ever say anyone's better than lonzo because god forbid you actually tell the truth but i think there i think the other theory out there should be that lavar ball is scared and he was like hey lonzo you know it, you know why don't you drop like a little funny diss track about your teammate lonzo's like yeah okay i think that'd be fun <clears throat> but then it you know it's actually a serious thing and maybe Kuz- i don't know what kuzma's reaction to this kuzma needs to respond you know either way if even if it's if it's real or fake or not fake but if it's if it's real or a joke either way i think kuzma needs to respond um to make this whole situation better because otherwise it's just it just looks bad on lonzo it looks really bad i don't i don't get it <laughs> I, I really don't get dissing your own teammate why not why not build the relationship so that you guys aren't Shaq and Kobe obviously they're not nearly as good as players they are but as teammates they had a very fractured relationship if Shaq and Kobe would have played together more they would have had a lot more championships that's for sure so why fracture why fracture a relationship <laughs> why not build the relationship and why not dis why not throw a diss track on your brothers who aren't aren't even playing Lithuania or wherever, yeah, Lithuanian ball anymore. Why not do that? Why not have some good brotherly fun or throw shade on Damian Lillard, who's a rapper who could respond, someone like that, something else like that. Why, why, why you got to diss Kyle Kuzma? He's your teammate who was better than you this season. <laughs> so this obviously looks petty and it looks like Lonzo's threatened. It really does. It's kind of sad. It's kind of funny. It really it is kind of funny, but it's it's sad. It really is. Um, yeah, I I got nothing else to say about that. Lonzo Ball, you messed up. Kyle Kuzma, you need to go save him again. Um, so looking ahead, got another show on Friday. Obviously, all, all my shows I'll be on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday every week from noon to one. Um, on Friday, looking ahead, we're going to be since WWE. Yeah. Yes. I listen to W or I watch WWE. Sorry. I'm, I'm a nerd. It's fine. Um, WWE money in the bank pay-per-view is coming on Sunday. So the majority of the show probably on Friday will be WWE talk. Sorry. Um, I will have my buddy Tom come on because he also watches. He's he's a long time 
viewer of WWE as well. So he will be on. We will be discussing the Money in the Bank matches. I think my buddy Zach might be on too. Not sure. Some I will have guests on Friday. It'll be kind of fun. It'll it won't just me it won't just be me ranting for a whole hour. It'll be me having actual discussions <laughs> about uh wrestling. <laughs> so it yeah, that's that's the show for Friday most likely. I'll probably throw in a couple if something, you know, maybe I'll talk about the Brewers how they do against the Cubs coming up. We'll see. If if some big news happens with like NBA or NFL something, I will talk about that first and I'll get that out of the way. But the majority of the show on Friday will be WWE because Money in the Bank is a big pay-per-view. And like I said, it's on Sunday. So we will be review not reviewing it, but uh, going through it and kind of making predictions, talking about it, discussing, whatever. So, oh, and by the way, if if any of you listening listen and you and you hear some of the points i make and you you disagree you go what no paul, paul george should stay in oklahoma city lebron shouldn't go to houston you think any of that anything disagree with me or if you think if you if i got a stat wrong if i said the wrong year which i did on my first show i said the cavaliers warriors first year was 2015 i'm pretty sure it's 2014 if i get something like that wrong or if you disagree with me or anything like that you want to get in touch with me Tell me, tweet me. Uh, my Twitter is Olson2K18. I'm open to discussions. I'm open to, you know, different points of views. I'm open to, you know, I, I obviously I'm not perfect. I'm going to get stats wrong. I try to get them all right. The Brewers stats that I said earlier, the pitching stats were all from before this series. So some of the stats aren't current. All that kind of stuff. Just tell me, tweet me, hit me up, Olson2K18 on Twitter, and we can discuss. Um, Yeah. Other than that, I th- I think that's it. I think that's a good place to stop. Thanks for listening. Like I said, Monday, Wednesday, Friday from noon to one. Um, I do record these. Uh, first episode is on SoundCloud. This episode will also, all the episodes will be on SoundCloud. Just search First Round KO or just look up me, Kyle Olson. And remember, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So go shoot your shot. We'll see you Friday. I really hope you play this, cause oh girl, you test my patience with all these seductive photographs and all these one-off vacations you've been taking. Clearly a lot for me to take in, it don't make sense, young East African girl. You two the other man.